Hey, boo. What's going on? Welcome to Angular Air, uh, Halloween edition episode. I'm your host, Justin Schwarzenberger. And today we are going to be diving into and discussing Angular 7. It's here, it's upon us, so it should be pretty cool. Uh, we're actually doing a guest panelist show. All of our panelists are our guests today, so we're going to be bringing you the content. It should be pretty cool. Looking forward to it. So let's uh, get things rolling. Say hi to all of our panelists. Alyssa Nichol, Alyssa, what's going on? Hi, everybody. Hi. <laughs> and we've got Austin McDaniel with us. Austin, how's it going? What's going on, everybody? This isn't, uh, you know, I just wear this every day. It's not nothing special. So that, That's your work attire. I like it. I like it. Yeah. It's been a while. Panda. We missed Panda. It's good to see Panda. Hey, Bonnie, Aww. what's going on? Hey, y'all. <laughs> Austin lost his head as soon as you introduced it. Yeah, you might want to mute yourself next time you decapitate. You know, it's like. <laughs> and we got uh, Mike with us. Mike, what's going on, Mike? I am really, really warm. You need to stop making me less because when I'm wearing this thing, it is ridiculously warm. Well, we have to hurry up and get through the intro so you can take it off. So I am. So it's Halloween, right? Happy Halloween, everybody! Wait, and everybody wait. had a cute hat. But I don't feel like this counts as a costume because it's Texas and we just wear these. But I have a lot of candy, so happy Halloween! I didn't finish my intro. Mike, what's going on? How's it going, Mike? Not too much. I'm excited. <laughs> I'm excited for today's Halloween show where everything's going to be all treats, no tricks. Yes. Oh, I love that. Nice. Oh, that good. I like so that. I'm gonna keep that headgear on the whole show. I mean, I'm gonna rock mine <sighs> though. So, <sighs> poor Mike. Mike's gonna pass out halfway through. It's so, what do we got going on today, Justin? We're we're talking Angular Seven. We're gonna dive into Angular Seven. So, um, I think Alyssa's gonna kick us off here. Okay, I totes got us. Um, screen sharing. One second. It's gonna be easy as falling off a log, y'all. Um, okay, so I think I'm sharing. Yeah. We're all you are witnessing the glory of Dropbox paper. <laughs> so uh, we each decided to cover a different piece of uh, what's new in Angular 7. And I'm covering Angular Material and the CDK. Feel free to jump in, anyone, though, if you have um, more info to spread as we hit each topic. Uh, so the first thing I wanted to mention, it wasn't necessarily right aligned with the release of 7, but it was this year announced at I.O., um, the new website for Material.io uh, with some updated styles. And so you can go to Material.io now and get guidance on your design, development components, tooling, and stay up to date with the latest of what's going on with Material. Um, but that kind of leads right into there are some minor design differences. Um, so if you use Angular Material as a version 7, you'll notice um, some things like, oh, look, that header's bolder, things like that. Um, and they're all just lining up with the updated spec um, for the Material Design Refresh, uh, which was announced again at I.O. So the next thing is support for drag and drop in the CDK. And you'll see here, I made a lovely GIF, and it's actually pretty smooth. Um, and like the rendering and how it like pops open a space. And I, I was really super pleased with that. And you can go and check it out um, on their docs. And the second thing that was added was virtual scrolling, which as you can see here, I've got 
the inspector open. And as we scroll, uh, virtual scrolling is just for performance. And basically, if you have a mega mama list <laughs> that has like so many items, as you scroll, it's going to be removing and adding items from the DOM. Um, you know, and so that's why it's called virtual scrolling and not just scrolling, um, which you can see happening inside the inspector there. So accessibility for the win. Um, they also added support for the native select element inside of Matt form field. So if you were using the Matt select, you can still use it. However, if you use the OG DOM element select, you'll get a lot more accessibility and better performance. <clears throat> the next one is Matt action list. And as you can see down here in the codes, um, it's literally just a list of buttons that are now available for you to use. And schematics. So the next couple ones I don't have a ton of info on, but they were bullet pointed on the GitHub, and so I wanted to mention them. They added more schematics uh, with table, drag and drop, tree, address form, and more. There's also CLI prompts for ng-add to assist in setting up Hammer.js support, application theming, and animations. And there is a hella ton more of bug fixes and performance fixes. <laughs> so um, upgrading to seven, you might be pondering to yourself, how do I get me some of that? I know that mine was just <laughs> talking, <laughs> just talking about material and the CDK, but if you wanted to update um, everything, your whole app, you need to run ng update at angular CLI at angular core. If you're just interested in updating material in the CDK, you can run ng update at angular slash material. And if you're just interested in the CDK solely, ng update angular slash CDK. Uh, so for more information, many of these updates, like I said, were found on the GitHub release notes. Um, so you can check out the change log there. Um, there's been like, I think two more like minor little releases that have lots more goodies in them. So if you wanted to scroll through those, I'd check out the GitHubs. And then I also made a post um, a couple of days after seven was <clears throat> released. And it just talks about the same things that I went over and the rest of things that we're going to hit on in this show. So check that out for more details. And I think that's, that's all I got. If we want to figure out how to stop screen sharing, hang on, I can do it. <laughs> Mike. <laughs> yes, so, share, share more mic. I like that. <laughs> so the material and CDK, their versions are then aligned with Angular 7. They're all Angular 7. They are. They are. And I was wondering if Austin had any more to add. Ooh, I just hit my mic. To yeah, anything so that I just said. Yeah. You talked about uh, the virtual scrolling. So um, no, that's great Which for Which is list. awesome, by the way. It's so freaking cool. Sorry, uh, go yeah, ahead. It really is. Um, but uh, virtual scrolling is also slated to land on the tree and the data table. Um, so be on the lookout for those. Um, they're going to be coming, you know, we wanted to stabilize virtual scrolling before we kind of added that uh, to those. I know I'm always components. excited about everything, you guys. But seriously, can you blame me? Like, I love this stuff. So, so quickly, just explain the virtual scrolling concept, like why it's so awesome. I believe we had a show on it uh, a long time ago, but um. yeah. So, um, virtual scrolling, right? Uh, the browser has a difficult problem handling, you know, couple thousand DOM nodes, right? Um, so, if you think about like what a table is, right? Like, there's, you know, you have your table columns. 
you have or your rows, your columns, whatever components you have in those columns. And then you multiply that by 2000 or 3000 or four or so on. And the browser just goes. <laughs> How does it go? Um, and so uh, what virtual scrolling does is it says, okay, only show me the stuff that's in view, right? Because that's really all the, that the user cares about, right? Um, and then as they scroll, what happens is it says, okay, now, you know, I, let's say I've got six things showing. It just updates those six things uh, as you scroll, and then it moves those six things up and down uh, so that uh, it kind of is always in view. Um, it's really kind of like a hack, uh, but um, it is really useful if you're trying to display a lot of data. I have a question. Nope. Because there's a lot of people, I'm sure, who have done something like that themselves before. Uh, I, I think I, I, I did something like that kind of before I even got into Angular, but it just took a lot more code. So if they wanted to use this and, and they're not really completely familiar with the CDK, like how much work is it to get virtual scrolling working in an Angular app? Like I think how many lines of code do you think it would be one now that this is available? I mean, it's like three lines of code, but if you go and you look at what is under the hood, it is bonkers because- Bonkers? Yes, because it's doing things like view caching. So it's like, like creating embedded element refs and like caching those. So when you go back up to the to that position, like it's already cached for you. It, it's just crazy the code that's underneath it, and it works really, really well. This is really, I think, overall what I love so much about Angular because I, I was actually just recently working with a team who wasn't quite too familiar with Angular, and I was you know teaching them a lot of Angular and getting them up to speed on some things. And Angular is very opinionated, right? But if you if you use angular there's there's so much that's just done for you under the hood and it's and all this functionality on three lines of code is to me beautiful beautiful because i've tried to write stuff like that before and it took way more code than that so standing on the shoulders of giants and what's cool about it too is that it's part of the cdk right so like you don't necessarily have to be using material or anything like that you can get this functionality and that's what the power of the cdk is providing there is this underlying functionality of these things you know, um, that you can implement in your application in your own style, whatever. Um, so that's, that's really sweet. Yeah. yeah and then, I, and then you don't have to worry about how to spell <laughs> because that, that, that's troublesome as well. Uh, but yeah, there's, there's gotta be a lot of math associated with that as well to be able to do those calculations, it, determine what's in view and everything else. Just bonkers. to clarify, he said a lot of math. Bonkers. Said, just let them handle the bonkers part the for you. Bonkers. And, and I think bonkers. Justin really hit on it the idea that it's all encapsulated. You don't have to worry about it. All you have to do is add your three lines of code and surround your block with uh, the start and end of what's gonna be virtually scrolled and say, hey, uh, yeah, I'd like this to be virtual scrolling. Go ahead and do that for me. Thanks, appreciate it, bye. So Another you said cool that it was thing. kind of a hack. Does that mean we shouldn't be using it in some cases or it's like just- No, okay. it's, it, it's fine to use. This is how everyone does this, but the method upon which we do it, I feel like is kind of hacky, right? Like, I feel like it's, it's 2018, right? Like we sent people to the moon in 1970 or something. Why can't we have our browser handle like 2000 DOM nodes? But story for another day.
Okay, so what else do we have? We have, uh, we did the, you, so you showed how to update to the latest version, right? Yeah, and let's talk a little bit more about that just for clarity there. Um, so we can do the, uh, the command to update those packages, right? Is there anything that anybody knows of that's, uh, that's conflicting or that, that we'll run into that we might get prompted for or need to change? Or is this pretty smooth update? I tried this uh, when it first came out, just on a really small CLI project that I had been working on, and it was it was so easy. I was like, "Is that it? Is it done?" And it was done. I didn't get any error messages. I didn't have any problems. So just to kind of push my luck a little bit more, uh, I went and tried it uh, on an, on another a much more complicated application that had like you know client stuff and some brittle code and some issues there. Uh, and again, no problems. I didn't have any any failures or it didn't create any build errors. I was like kind of flabbergasted that it was so easy. I don't know if it was that easy for everybody, but for me, I was just like, wow, that was great. It was like five minutes. Now, I'm not actually aware of any break and changes associated with seven. Um, so that means that the update should be seamless for everyone if there's no breaking changes. And somebody can correct me if I'm wrong, but I'm not aware of any breaking changes. I mean, Not I've worked a... with some dependencies that had breaking changes, <laughs> but I don't know if that counts as breaking changes. <laughs> I think I, I mean, think I would clarify. If you're, using, if you're using low level APIs, right? Like you might get into some things, and those are pretty documented. For, those are documented pretty well. Um, that like if that does change, but that's really like the only thing that I would say caution about. My understanding is that there were some changes the Angular team made in version six that allows this to be such an easy update. So if you're coming from Angular, if you're already on Angular six, you really shouldn't expect any problems. Uh, Sarun says it's three minutes for him to update. Uh, we had a couple of questions uh, on the material stuff on the chat. Um, I think for Austin, if you have, if, can we go back to that? Uh, Constantine wants to know, is it working with only list of items, or can we use it for titles? Tiles, and also, uh, Christian said, is virtual scrolling working with material data table? Austin, I think you said they're working on that. It's not ready yet. Yeah, they're working on that, and anything that is scrollable um, can be can be virtualized. So, um, so yes. Hey, let's give a, a shout out for drag and drop as well, too, because drag and drop is a kind of challenging thing to implement. So having that it really is. in the can and being able to bust that out is pretty cool. Today at work, someone says they were playing D&D &D and they were talking about Dungeons and Dragons. And I go, you were playing with drag and drop? <laughs> <laughs> hey, Dungeons and Dragons is still cool. I don't care who you are. Do they roll a natural 20 or not? <laughs> I have no idea what you just said. Oh, it's very nerdy. Anyways, okay. Uh, that very nerdy. Oh, that makes me so sad. <laughs> I know. Listen, I we might have to uh, take exception to that comment. We but. need to educate you, son. <laughs> Get our game on. Okay, so so okay. can we say that we think that uh, that implementing this new CDK uh, functionality is like super super easy? But at the same time, we've all been in the Angular community for a while, so maybe it's easy to us. But if you guys are watching and you have any issues or problems or anything, reach out to us because uh, it's not necessarily, I mean, there might be beginners, right? <laughs> Justin's like, don't reach out to me. <laughs> reach out to her. <laughs> all treats, no tricks. <laughs> 
but it's much, much, much easier than trying to write that functionality because that if you've ever tried to do your own drag and drop, it's it's very complicated. And uh, so that's pretty exciting that you can do it so easily. And then we'll all look super smart. Yeah, yeah. Cool. All right. So the update's pretty, the material stuff, CDK stuff, pretty cool. The update's pretty painless. Uh, Bonnie, you want to talk about uh, performance stuff? So the performance stuff is actually really, it's another very, very easy. Easy as falling off a log because you don't actually have to do anything, right? What they found, uh, other than there's a bunch of, uh, you know, little things that they cleaned up under the hood that you probably wouldn't even notice, but they're they're always really thinking about speed. Uh, there was a little thing called reflect metadata uh, in the polyfill that they found most developers were including that. And I think, uh, I didn't really dive too deep into it, but I think basically it was included by default or it's just always been in there. Well, it turns out you don't need that. Uh, it's... Uh, it, it, you need it for development, but you don't need it in production. And as a matter of fact, you really probably don't want it in production because you just really want that bundle to be as small and lean as possible. So what they did in part of the update was they will automatically remove that from your polyfill.ts file when you do that uh, command line update. Um, and then they're also defaulting. So there's a little thing called bundle budget, right? I never came up with that. Hats off to you because I love it. Uh, so basically what that says is, uh, if you run a brand new CLI project from here out, it will warn you when your bundle size is more than two megabytes, because really you should never have a bundle size too big. And 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 it's actually something that I see a lot working with uh, development teams. I do a lot of consulting and, and jump around like Mary Poppins, right? Uh, and I see that performance is an issue for, for people who are writing Angular while they're learning. There's It's easy to make mistakes and get into that huge bundle size. But if, you, if you're doing everything the way you should, uh, the bundle size will be small. So that bundle budget basically will just give you a warning, uh, a warning at two megabytes and it will error at five megabytes. Uh, you can go into your angular.json and change your thresholds if you want it to, you know, to be bigger or smaller. Um, but I think it's cool because this is stuff that's, that's automatic now. It's gonna handle that for you automatically. Uh, there's also a little thing called a data saver feature in show. Uh, I think that's also brand new. Basically they'll show you if you're on mobile that there's a page that's gonna use a lot of data and it'll let you opt out of that so you're not using up your data, uh, which I think is cool. So basically, yeah, uh, the performance is, it, it's gonna be better, it's gonna be a little bit faster, uh, it's gonna move that reflect metadata, and you don't actually have to do anything to benefit from that. So and I, easy to follow up the log. I, <laughs> I love that, that was hilarious. <laughs> I wanted to clarify on the budgets, um, so when I was playing around with that, it's actually not in your Angular JSON by default. So like in the official blog poster and the one I wrote, um, like there, it talks about like adding in like, yes. hey, I, I want to get the warning, it. right? I want to get the warning of the error, but there's nothing there by default. So don't be worried when you go in. You're like, there's nothing that says budgets. Like, but Bonnie fine. said, <laughs> damn it, Bonnie. And okay, so that, so if you make a brand new, I have a question. And so is that on uh, lazy loaded bundles as well? Like all the bundles that you have? Can I talk to this? Yes. I I implemented this, and it's actually not new with seven. Bundle budgets has been there since I believe it was back with version one dot. Is it just the ability for us to edit bundle budgets? It's defaulted then? in version seven because it was there before, but now it, that, it's there by default. That that may be new within seven. Seven may yeah. by default with new projects automatically create a bundle budget, uh, but the ability to specify budgets. There's a whole lot of settings that you can do with that. You can do it on individual bundles. You can do it on your total size. You can do it on initial load or any particular size or any 
a particular file. Oh, so like where, where do you specify that? Because I thought it was just for the initial stuff. Like I didn't think you could do it for everything else. No, um, I will. You will I, tell when us? I, when I get to the, my part talking about this, yeah, I, I will <laughs> show that documentation. So, so Mike, you implemented that bundle budget. Did you come up with that name, the bundle budget? Uh, no. Okay, so everyone blame bundle budget. It's a webpack thing. It's a webpack thing. <laughs> it is not. I love. I just like the alliteration. You know, I I take pleasure. Well, in maybe your maybe your implementation isn't, but it, webpack has it too. Well, the yes, alliteration. This is more fine grained than uh, what webpack offers. Okay. Oh, actually, it's are you sure? Six. Yeah. All right. Well, should Was we that... roll into the uh, CLI prompt stuff? Then and Mike can take the floor or what? Yes, yes. Yeah, because that was it for performance. Like it's super, super, super easy. Okay. All right. Plus, I want him to show us the budget stuff. Okay. Um, I know that I'll be showing CLI stuff. I'm not working on the CLI anymore. Um, even though we're showing the budgets, I did work on that, but I'm not working on any more system. But there's some really cool things that the team has uh, rolled out. I didn't mean to turn off my video. I meant to turn on screen share. That's like completely different. All right, so I'm going to go away and I'm going to show some code. So the first thing that we're going to, first of all, can you see my screen? We good? We are good. You are right. sweet. So I just have an empty folder here. There's nothing in here. Uh, just so empty. Uh, when you run ng new, um, we talked about prompts. I'm just going to run this with uh, dash d. Actually, we're not going to do that with dash d. We're going to do skip install. It's not a new thing. Um, I just don't want anybody to have to sit here and watch me run npm install uh, with this. So I'm running ng new, and you'll notice that I didn't specify uh, a name. Um, you can if you want to, as you have, but if you don't, you get prompted. So we're going to call this Halloween, if I could spell. Uh, so it gets prompted. I really like the new prompts. Yes, and that's what I'm showing. Also, it does booleans as well. So you can specify whether or not you want routing. Uh, so if I pass it zero, does it work? Does it do no? <laughs> it, it says why you're N. If you're going to go off the beaten path, uh, that's all you, Austin. <laughs> all right. So we're going to add routing. You said it does booleans. So. Yeah. Yeah, you did say it's that. Not, it's not truthy falsy either. So it's it's straight boolean. Hey, guys, uh, we have another uh, question in the chat. Uh, Jeff Wilpley wants to know, what is this React Trader doing on this podcast? Uh, what? Who's he talking okay, about? first of all, who's the React Trader? <laughs> oh, Mike's in the flow here. Mike, Mike, what's the new thing that we can do here? I, I know. Sorry, I was just adding a comment there. Um, uh, it's it, not just uh, prompting for text, prompting for booleans, but also you can specify uh, different lists. Uh, so in here, I'm going to choose that I want stats. I'm not going to lie. That is my favorite part about prompts. <laughs> So I can specify that, and then it's going to go forward and create my project here. So you know, the one thing it's really missing is emojis. And <laughs> so let's let's confirm one thing. So here's our default. I'm going to hide my console. Here. I'm pretty sure you actually can put emojis in your prompts, you guys, if you just do a little bit of schematics uh, training. I'm pretty sure the schematics can handle emojis. Isn't that right, Mike? I don't see a reason why they would not. Yeah. Uh, but I just want to show, um, Alyssa, you are correct. Bonnie, you were wrong. So we can set ah! up bets later on. <gasps> oh, it hurts. 
um, that uh, it is creating an initial budget. So basically it's gonna give you a warning if your maximum initial uh, load is more than two megabytes and actually error. And the error- Wait, that's really what I said. How am I you got wrong? It, you, got it, you got it flipped. Although mine flipped? was with, yeah, but mine wasn't with new projects. It's with updating an old project. Because uh, see- Okay, because then everybody's because right you, and everybody you love Alyssa more. It's fine though, it's fine, it's fine. <laughs> But apparently with new projects, it does create a budget for you that will warn after two megabytes and it will uh, error after five, which is good because then your CI process will fail because the uh, CLI uh, production build will fail uh, because of this error, which is a good thing. But the nice thing about prompts is that it's not just the um, CLI that's able to uh, provide those. Anybody who's creating their own custom schematics can do that. And I'm just going to go through and we saw that name uh, was we were prompted for a name. All you have to do is add X prompt and go down here and specify what you want to be prompted. So if there is no value provided for that um, property, for the schematic, it will prompt and ask the user for that. And it automatically knows that this is a string and I'm just gonna go down to the next one. And it knows that this is a Boolean for routing and the last one knows of the different uh, possible values uh, for style to be able to prompt the user for that. So this is also an expanded view where you can do a little bit more and specify that you want to list and watch items are in that list. Um, so there's a lot of uh, additional things that you can do on top of uh, just the default. This is so lovely. Yes. If you'd like to learn more about that, uh, that is actually, I know that it is in the schematics prompt uh, inside the docs specifications folder within the CLI project or with repo. Uh, so you can go read about that there with the basic usage um, and it provides a little bit more information rather than just uh, looking at what I showed there. So are we supposed to make our own prompts? You can make your oh, own yeah. prompts for your own schematics. Yes. Yeah. So. Do it. There are prompts now, but so now in version seven, there are prompts just straight off of a brand new CLI project, yes. like you just showed us, but yep. we want we can make our own prompts you with emojis, I believe. And I have not tested that theory, but I'm going to um, find out if we can make prompts with emojis. And I'm pretty sure we can right, just knowing the don't, CLI don't team. claims without validating. Well, I, it's not my claim. It's your claim. I'll just put it on you. Mike said, I'm How? pretty sure. Oh, wow. This is happening. Okay. I, I kind of feel like this is the uh, schematics drop the mic moment. Like now we've got these prompts. I, I don't What else is there that we could ask for schematics to deliver us? I mean, it seems pretty, pretty feature rich now. You'll have to wait till my pick at the end. Oh, look at that. Oh yeah. Uh, so foreshadowing. Um, I've got, I've got other stuff that the CLI team has been working on too. Uh, oh, keep going. Yeah. Let's, let me turn these options off. So docs. Everything used to be based out of the wiki uh, within the CLI repo. That has since changed. And if we look, it is now part of angular.io. So you can find all of your documentation about the CLI, um, all the different commands, generate, uh, what have you, directly within uh, angular.io. So I was going to say the docs are looking really, really nice. Yeah. They look really nice. It does look really, really nice. Um, and then just to circle back and follow up on what we were talking about earlier, uh, bundle budgets. So here in that same documentation, there's a story called building and serving. And inside there is configure size budgets that goes over 
everything that you can possibly do with the budget section within your uh, Angular JSON configurations. So you can specify different types. Uh, where's the list of different types? They're down here somewhere. Maybe. Oh, that's different. Uh, and Constantine was asking, is the bundle budget after gzip compression? Do you know? I believe it's before. Uh, so you can specify a bundle of a specific bundle, but you have to provide a name uh, for that bundle, uh, the initial size, uh, all script, meaning all script files, all, which means all files, and then uh, any, that's the size of any script file, or excuse me, any script is any script file, and any is any particular file. There's lots of different uh, configurations. You could have minimum warnings, maximum warnings, uh, baselines and percentages, uh, for doing all different things with bundle budgets. And when the does the warning happen when you like start up the server? I uh, know unless you are running, how do I turn our screen sharing real quick? Go back to this, go back to me. <laughs> um, so hey. it goes back to, um, only production builds is when that's running. So, but yeah, it I doesn't really matter if it's, if you're in dev mode, it's not going to be doing the compilation and stuff like that. Okay. Yeah, I'll be right back. Makes sense. Cool. And all right. Oh, I, and then he just left. That was a mic drop moment. <laughs> that's nice. Uh, I the mic. Uh, no, see, you don't explain it. You just say it. You don't have to explain it. That was dope. What, uh, does this report out at the command line? Like, is it something that we do our build tools with, like our continuous integration and we run it, we get a report to command line, we can process that and identify what we want to do. Does anybody know? Can you repeat the question? Uh, <laughs> is this the bundle error reporting or the messages come from the command line? So is this something that we can plug into our continuous integration process and read the command line execution of that or whatnot? Or how do we process that? So uh, there's two different levels of what you can do as an output. So once you configure whatever budget you would like, and by the way, you can have multiple, um, is that for each budget, you can specify if the threshold is a warning or an error. Warnings are just going to display and the process will just continue to run. If it exceeds uh, a budget that is configured as an error, then it will actually uh, exit the process and therefore fail your CI process. And this is the ng build process, correct? That is correct. Yes. When you run ng build, it will uh, run through. And at the end of the build process, it'll look at the different output that's uh, been created, calculate whatever uh, budgets you have, and determine whether or not it uh, exceeds any given threshold. So to, to, to error out of a build, a continuous integration, you get to decide, basically, if you want it to error out or not. Yes. Uh, hence, with you the default, having a two megabit or met, yeah, met to make um, warning is okay. It ju it'll just let you know as you're running those to see, hey, yeah, I'm over two megs. But if it hits five megs and it's going to say, nope, sorry, can't continue. Um, eh, thanks for playing. Exactly. What was that sound, Austin? That same sound with the browser jank or something. <laughs> more sound there you go. Okay, and so the Angular CLI, it's got the same version number sequence, right? We're on seven on that as well, correct? Yes, that is correct. Uh, the CLI went to seven. So we're just remember with these three packages, Angular, main, core, and its dependencies, 
as well as Material and the CLI are keeping consistent version numbers for major versions only. Okay. Yeah, I noticed that when I was looking at all the Angular Material stuff because they're like churning it out, man. <laughs> it's yeah, a lot. Additional features and uh, bug fixes um, can be rolled out independently of each other, but even the ver the uh, cadence of potential breaking changes uh, in sync with each other. Yeah, maybe we should I love that. name the show like Angular and all of its family members go to seven or something instead of <laughs> seven. Because really, it's all of these things, right, that, that we're getting new stuff from. Um, Remember the old days when they were all different versions and coming out and all it was all jagged and weird? It was better for comedic value. But this is probably better for actual our actual development. I forgot something with my demo. Can I go back and show one more thing? You absolutely can. Sweet. Because I know that I, even though I'm not working on the CLI uh, as my job anymore. But um, you keep in touch with the guys, right? Of course. Um, I actually do have a new feature in version 7 that I uh, implemented. So you, when you run ng-new, and we're just going to create a foo, and again, we're going to skip uh, install. Um, there's a new flag called create application, which defaults to true. But if you specify it as false, it's going to create a very uh, thin workspace for you. Uh, yeah, we'll create routing, we'll just use CSS. And notice it doesn't actually create an application for us. Uh, so if we look within there, underneath foo, it doesn't have any projects or anything else or any source folder, E to E folder. Uh, this is a, basically will allow you to then create all of your projects subsequently underneath uh, the projects folder. Uh, this way they all are at the same level. This way you don't have one project that's a one-off at the root of your project, of your workspace. Everything could be created underneath the projects folder. So it's a two-step process uh, to create an application. So if I were to come in here and do a uh, CD into who, and I did, if I did an ng generate, and it may yell at me because I don't have anything installed, I skip my install. But if I generate an application, uh, called foo, or we'll create an application called bar uh, inside of here. So we'll see that then it creates the projects folder, uh, whereas with Halloween, it created in the root, uh, which is the first one we did. But here, everything's created underneath the projects folder uh, to keep everything at the same level, which is excellent for mono repos. If you wanted to, if you know you're going to have multiple projects, multiple applications, multiple libraries, then this way everything is at the same level. I was thinking that sounds like the structure, like the like NX, like the whole big, all these different projects, which I, I, I is more and more common these days. I agree. I'm a fan of that pattern myself. Me too. And sometimes you don't want to start with that pattern because you're just doing one little simple thing. But when it comes to architecture, I've seen so many projects that start off as one little simple thing. And if you're lucky and your boss and your boss's boss love the work that you're doing, it's not going to stay simple. It's going to get bigger and it's going to grow and you're going to get more customers. And that's a good problem to have, but you should plan for that as default. Just anyway, every project should have a little architecture. I agree, which is why I went out and added the feature. So use it. Enjoy. I like it. And where can we, so if, where can they read about that? Or I guess they can just rewind if they missed it. I'm going to go back and watch it again and do that because I really like that feature. Good job, Mike. Create application equals false. Let me double check the... Um... And can I just segue into that real quick and say, because this is something 
um, that I see a lot. Cause like I said, I do a lot of like Mary Poppins, you know, visiting different teams. Um, and, and one thing that I see a lot is that they're putting all of their whole application into one big, huge module. And if you do that, which kind of, I think is, is like, it's easy to do. Um, but if you do that, you don't get to take advantage of the beautiful things like, uh, lazy loading and tree shaking and things like that. So if you're thinking about an application as many different modules, it's, it's good. Just That's because my two I, I double checked the docs. Uh, you can read about create application there on angular.io slash CLI slash new. It's under options and you can read about create application there. I like it. Awesome. That was, yeah, that was a, something I mentioned during the update was the, uh, the CLI is now in the docs. So that's cool. Like the official docs. Very cool. Very cool. What, uh, What's the word on the street with Ivy? Anybody know? We're gonna okay. Actually, they're they're asking about that in our chat right now because everybody wants to know. So yeah, who wants to take that, Austin? Where are you going, Austin? I think I think we're making Austin. I can that. I can talk about <laughs> Ivy for a minute, but I think Austin was going to do that. Hold on, he's so reading that right now. There, <laughs> there's this website called Is Angular Ivy Ready? <laughs> oh my god yes oh my god show me can you put it on your screen austin uh yes that's so great so if we look at this screen oh that's cool we can see that it says it's 88 percent done <laughs> now i don't know how much i would trust this because like when you're implementing these things, right? Like this is probably like features, right? And so when you're implementing these things, like you can go through your checklist and everything can be working and then you can hit like a slew of bugs. So it says 88% done, probably till like it's feature complete and then there'll probably be some bug iteration. And they, they did say uh, there was a little, a little snippet at the bottom of the, uh, of the update for V7. Um, but basically, it's not ready yet, okay. Uh, but but they're really, really working hard on backward compatibility so that nothing will break and everything will be beautiful and you can just use this awesome thing that they've been working so hard on without redoing anything that you've written. So just be patient because it's it's going to be worth it. Oh, yeah. And uh, we wanted to mention the show, right, that we did with Uri Shaked? Yeah. Um, when was yeah. That? Was a few weeks ago. And, and we talked. a really good show. Yeah. yeah, I was going to mention that and I forgot. You're so great, Alyssa. <laughs> no, you and mentioned- So that was just a few weeks ago. We did a whole show about Ivy. Mm-hmm. And or he Ron. actually, I think he, didn't he show like how you can use it now if you want, because you know, it's, it's still, it's, it's not a part of Angular 7 yet, but it's still out there for you to try. So. Yeah. 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 It was a really And there show. was also a surprise personal announcement in that episode too. That was pretty fun. Yeah, it was a good episode. You can yeah. go to angularair.com and find Angular Ivy on there, Yuri, and you can check out that episode for sure. Yeah, but be careful because once you get there, there's so much. Like, you could stay there for hours, and it, it's quite by accident. Which, I mean, if if you want to, go for it. <laughs> I mean, if you enjoy all these people and their discussions, it's, it's, pretty, it's pretty entertaining, yeah, for sure. For sure. All right. So Ivy, it, it's coming. It's getting close. Um, you can opt into trying it out. So, uh, but maybe eight. I don't know. We'll see. We'll 
We'll see. Hey, Justin, what about the uh, what about the elements? Ooh, so I heard there's some new stuff with uh, Angular Elements. Um, if you haven't checked out Angular Elements, please do. It's pretty amazing, uh, pretty cool. Uh, you know, it's the whole concept of being able to write your component or components, series of components, like a little mini Angular app, uh, compile it into this Angular Elements that then can be run in native DOM uh, without necessarily having the person who uses it uh, or implements it to understand anything about Angular per se. It's really just using native DOM you know, properties and events and things like that. Uh, but under the hood, it's this Angular application that you've written and maintained sort of thing. Um, so really cool, opens up a lot of possibilities. And with Angular 7, I believe they've added support for the Shadow DOM uh, slot element and so that you can uh, do content projection inside of there into these different targeted locations. Uh, so we think in terms of uh, our regular Angular stuff, and we do an ng-content element inside of our components, and that's where our content is going to get projected in. So if we have a uh, app-title component, and we put a tag app-title, and then inside of that, we put children data in there, and that app dash title component has an ng dash content element inside of it, that content will get projected in there uh, with Angular elements and, and leveraging the Shadow DOM. Shadow DOM uses slot elements. And so it'll go into, if you have like a one element called new slot, it'll go into there. Um, you can name them, give them a name attribute and give them some sort of name and then target those slots. From Do we know if it works in all browsers or if it's something we have to worry about? I don't know offhand. I, I assume that any ones that are supporting Shadow DOM um, probably have support for it. There's probably maybe like IE or uh, Edge is still working on it. I don't know offhand. I have to look that up. Okay. Okay. Yeah, for sure. But have you by chance played with that or uh, no? Because I was, what my question is whether or not if you write your Angular component using ng content for content projection, if when you compile that to, an Angular element, whether or not that automatically transposes that to use slots automatically for you. That I don't know, um, so I haven't I haven't checked that out. I mean, I think you have to go with the um, uh, uh, view encapsulation mode of of native and and to leverage the Shadow DOM stuff. But I don't know offhand if it'll know and say you wrote it with ng content. I'll change it to a slot element. I don't know if it does that. You know what would be cool? It would be nice to get Rob Wormald on here sometime and do a whole show about that because it's, I mean, it's so interesting because the whole Angular elements, the roadmap is like, you're going to be able to mix and match Angular with any other framework that you want to use and just really make it super easy to do that in web components and, and have all that, you know, kind of consistent throughout. Uh, and, and it's such a fascinating topic. Yeah, we had him on, I think, at the beginning of the year to talk about elements um, and certainly come a long way since then, you know, so it'd be great to have another episode really um, that showcases using it completely, right? Rob, if you're listening, <laughs> it's time to come back. No, Rob. <laughs> I, 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 I think he's going to be in London next week, so I'll, I'll ping him and see if I can get him to uh, get on the calendar again because it's, it's so exciting. Yeah, we'll we'll reach out to Rob for sure and uh, back on for sure. Uh, what is going on with Alyssa? Alyssa, are you, it's like it's like the Oompa Loompa shirt. <laughs> What's going on, Alyssa? I'm being spooky for Halloween, you guys. <laughs> That's so crazy. 
<laughs> now, why didn't you do this in the beginning when we like now I feel like you just need to keep on talking. <laughs> so I don't know if you know this, but like during the beginning of every show, I'm super distracted because I'm trying to get the tweet put together and make sure I get screenshots and not horrible screenshots because sometimes I'll get a screenshot of you guys and you'll be like, look down and like making this a double chin face and so i'm like oh that's no good <laughs> i know so i try my hardest to get a good smiling picture of all of you and so i'm i apologize if i'm ever um you know brain blank at the beginning of the show because I'm, I'm a little preoccupied so we love you so much we don't we don't even deserve you Alyssa. you're so good to us not only does she take pictures of all of us, but she makes sure they're good pictures, you guys. Oh, not always. Poor, poor, poor Mike was like, oh, he's got some bad. Don't scroll back in history. <laughs> hey, I have some snapshots of uh, uh, Snapchats of Mike from Sam's phone that are that are pretty crazy. Now we are good. I think this is the end of the show. All right, I'll see you guys. <laughs> Wait, but we haven't talked about the uh, the partner launches, you guys. Oh, yeah. Wait, well, I mean, I'm pretty excited about that. Can, can, just, did somebody pick that? Can I do that? You can do that. <gasps> okay. Okay. So, okay. So, uh, Angular console is, if you guys don't know Angular console, go right now and Google Angular console because you're going to love it. It's super fun. Uh, it just makes, makes it easy, easy, easy. Uh, and yeah, just go check it out. Um, also Angular fire has a new home. Uh, native script has been, uh, working. I mean, the, I love the Angular team collaborating with these other teams and everything is just seamless and beautiful. And also, last but not least, StackBlitz. Uh, StackBlitz has been doing some very cool stuff lately. And I think actually StackBlitz has been collaborating with uh, Firebase. And all these people are like friends now and they're all collaborating and having meetings and making sure that all their stuff works together. So if you're using Angular and you're not using, I mean, of course you're using StackBlitz because it's amazing. And if you're not, you're going to go find it right now and you're going to get very excited. Uh, we should have those guys back on the show too. All of them. So the, so the Angular console is by the Narwhal team, right? Justin, you know uh, anything about that? Yep. Yep. It's an Electron app, desktop app. Yeah, we Love actually it. did a show on it and it might be released on Adventures in Angular, the other podcast I'm on, uh, which is not as good because of course you all aren't on it, but it's, you know, it's good. And uh, we, we did a show talking all about the Angular console and the features and diving into like um, their motivations behind it and what's coming in the future. So that's a really cool one if you want to check it out. And spoiler alert, I actually think I have uh, them on the calendar for NG Houston uh, in November. So very soon, Jeff Cross is coming on and uh, Dan, Justin, what's his name? Dan yeah. Muller. Mm -hmm. yeah, and I yeah. haven't even met him yet. But any narwhal is, uh, is I mean, they hire all the cool people. So obviously he's going to be amazing. Anyway, so they're going to come on NG Houston pretty show and NG Houston pretty soon and talk about console. And uh, I'm excited about that. So yeah, so partner launches and the Angular people, they're just so cool. And they and they make friends with all the other people in the community and work together so that these, these Angular 7 uh, is coming out in conjunction with some of the other releases, which I love, love this community. Very cool. Very cool. And, and, you know, as we know, it behooves us all to be upgrading to Angular 7 to keep on the latest version, right? Uh, the Angular team has worked very hard uh, and the Angular family, so material and all that other stuff, to make this transition for us to keep updated smooth and efficient and well-timed and, and planned out. So if there's any breaking changes, we have a long period to adjust to those. So we are encouraged to keep up to date with our version. So go out there. 
get Angular 7. Get all and the they really do love early adopters. They really do. The only thing is, like, if you're an early adopter and you're out there and you're trying and you're trying to really, like, um, push the limits of what you can do with Angular and you're doing, like, kind of advanced stuff, they love that. And if you actually do break it, they want to hear from you which is one of the things, one of the many things that I love about the Angular team because they do want that feedback. But just one thing, you guys, be nice. Be nice to them because they're doing these amazing, amazing things. So if there's one thing that you're trying to do that doesn't work, give them that feedback, but don't like rage. <laughs> it's good advice. Very good advice. Yeah, yeah. All right. Anything else that anybody wants to plug in on Angular 7 here before we get to some picks? Are we all good? Really? Alyssa, you might need to take like a tonic or something. I, I'm very worried about your color. <laughs> I love that it's consistent with all of my skin. Like, it's really fun. <laughs> uh, you're fun, Alyssa. <laughs> okay, who's got the first pick? Somebody make it a good one. Uh, Brocky, because he teased us earlier in the episode and made us oh, wait this whole go time. last. You're right. And yeah. didn't even tell us what it was. He just said something cool in the picks. Yeah, about schematics. So uh, about learning cool things about schematics, I am actually going to be doing a workshop about schematics at um, NG Atlanta. So if you'd like to learn more about schematics, it's a half-day workshop. Uh, I think it's, I don't, I don't know if it's before or after. Uh, you have to check the schedule. But at NG Atlanta, I'll be doing a workshop on schematics, uh, going over how do you create your own custom ones, how to use them in the CLI, prompts, how to create your own custom prompts, and what else did I say? Oh, ng update, ng add. If you have libraries, uh, how to be able to go about doing that? That is the best pick ever. I'm so because Samantha and I are going to be there too, and you're going to be there, and we're going to have so much fun, and we're going to go back to the little ice cream place. And also, ng Atlanta still has tickets left, so you guys go get tickets, and you can go with us and get ice cream, and, and go to Mike's workshop, and of course, learn from the great Mike. <laughs> yeah, and ice cream too. Yeah, kind of like the Wizard of Oz behind the curtain. Well, except for he was a bum and you're not. Never mind. That was a bad analogy. <laughs> Who else has picks? I can't have, I have chocolate. Um, it's Halloween. Woo, that's my pick. <laughs> so after this, tomorrow, I'm heading to BlizzCon. If anybody knows what BlizzCon is. So Blizzard, they uh, do uh, World of Warcraft, uh, StarCraft. Overwatch, Diablo. Do you have an outfit? Uh, uh, yeah, this. No, <laughs> not really. I go with a, a crew, and we we have like these softball jerseys. It might have my name Schwarty on the back of it. Anyways, if any of our viewers happens to be going to BlizzCon and you see me there, please come by and say hi. I I I don't know. It's probably a long shot, but uh, yeah. Uh, Anyways, I just I just have one thing to say about that, Justin. Pixar, it didn't happen. Oh, oh, I've we got picks. I've got pick. I, I usually go every year, and so I've got a yeah. bunch. Of Are you tweeting so we can live vicariously? No. <laughs> I want to see you and your crew in your shirts. Twitter followers want to see is pics of me at BlizzCon, but I, I could do that if, if that's your point. Yeah, we do. We do. Hey, and uh, we do. We we left a couple of uh, last-minute questions on. Do we have time for last-minute questions? We should finish picks and, because there was, there was one super quick one that I saw. Uh, Mr. Tubber. Wanted to know if Angular Console was an outgrowth of Justin's Angular Playground project. 
I was in the middle of typing an answer to that. So I guess I'll just answer that. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. No, it's its own thing. It's, 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 it's for, you know, managing Angular applications and, uh, you know, with the CLI as well as NX. Um, so yeah, it's, it's completely different, um, scenario and that's for your, your entire management kind of a visual type of CLI, right? So, so the CLI, it's this visual application. Wait, is it, I feel like it, wait, that's what the console is, right? Yeah. Right, correct. Right. I okay. feel like it was just a matter of time before somebody made that because it just had to be made and just uh, Narwhal got to it first because that's how they roll. What are the other questions or? There were some questions uh, if you want to, I don't know if we have time to get to them. Um, Maybe one more. Let's do one more. Pick a good one, an easy one. <laughs> uh, I have noticed that less, this is Constantine. I've noticed that less teams use uh, internationalization from a box. Perhaps it's related to the fact that there are no tools for post-processing. Do you plan to work in the direction, documentation maybe, for internationalization? Does anybody have any updates about internationalization? All I know is that there's going to be some updates possibly changes. I'm not sure exactly what's going on, but with Ivy, with the introduction of Ivy, there's going to be changes uh, with how internationalization is being done. All right. And but yeah, maybe Steve. Maybe we uh, could have Olivier on to talk about that. I love Olivier. And actually, I if I remember seeing or hearing correctly, he might be talking about that next, is it next week at? Uh, Angular Connect. Connect. So. Justin, can I just have like a whole bunch of Angular Air tickets to pass out uh, to our friends at Angular Connect? Just like Angular. you need to come on the show, and you and you need to come on the show. Sure, I mean we don't have such a thing as Angular Air tickets, but uh... <laughs> <laughs> they should be stickers. And once you've got a sticker stuck on you, that's it. You got to come on. Like you don't even get, to, you can't even escape. It's like, oh, you've been tagged. I've, I've got stickers, so maybe I need to send those to you so you can take them with you. I know I have some. I have. I'm just if you see me like take a picture of somebody and tweet it with a sticker, that means they're busted. Justin, now you have to come on the Justin's show. Justin's like always, always bringing us back down to reality. He's like, those don't exist, you guys. Yeah, <laughs> no. Get up on that portable stage that we've got in that big rig and like throw the lights on, and we could get like all these. You know, Ellen will come on with us. How about it, right? And, like, and you get a car, and you get a car, and everybody gets a car. I'm like, yo, this is just a video podcast, and we talk about Angular. I mean, oh, all right. Well, I do think we should play an international game of tag, and whoever I can get with a sticker is going to have to come on the show. And Olivier, um, I'm looking for you. Sounds good. All right. Well, let's uh, put a bow on this thing. It's a wrap. Hey, anybody out there celebrating Halloween tonight, have fun, be safe, take care of your kiddos. If you got kiddos, watch out for them and uh, enjoy that Angular 7. See you later. <laughs>